office room. Hey everybody, how's it going out there? We're back here kicking it in the rumpus room on this Halloween night. (laughs) I am not a huge fan of the scary movie game. I tend to distance myself from it. I have enough uh, mental problems fucked up things can't sleep well enough yeah the last thing i need is an additional an additional scenario to create in my head that could potentially happen that's it's not not been my game but uh what a, a word you know what goes well with a scary movie is probably a word from our sponsor for today's uh today's discussion is just round underwear Yes, perfect for a scary movie or whatever your Halloween festivities may be. A trick and maybe a treat in your underwear. <laughs> Just, in Just in case. You have played a game of your trick or treat with yourself. <laughs> Something you should ask yourself is this one going to be a trick or a treat? <laughs> Oh, just a trick. <laughs> just a trick today. <laughs> oh, man. Spo- Halloween, sponsored by Just Brown Underwear. Tricks or treats? A little uh, Butterfingers in your shorts. <laughs> a little treat for you. Oh, there's an almond joy. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. Put the milk duds in your underwear tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So, trick or treat. Yeah. Sponsored um, by Just Brown Underwear. Yeah, I got a funny Halloween story. My um, uh, last year, one of our coworkers uh, dressed up as Teen Wolf for Halloween. And, or the, yeah, Teen Wolf. I Edward think it's a, or whatever. Michael J. Fox. No. Oh, okay. Back from the 80s. I got like, it. yep, yep. yep. So she messed her hair up and she did her makeup like a little bit funky, but it wasn't like super obvious that she was um, dressed up as something. And so nobody else in the whole office was dressed up. And we were in in the meeting with a vendor. And after Michelle left, they turned to me and they said, is she okay? She looks terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I was like... No, actually, now that you mention it. Yeah, she looks really bad. (laughs) Wow. You're really perceptive there, buddy. (laughs) Uh, Because she wore like a a sweatshirt that he wore in the movie or something, and nobody was putting the pieces together. (laughs) Uh, Man, she looked terrible. Yeah, she was. Oh, that's so funny. That was really funny. Nobody dressed up this year. Uh, we had a pretty lackluster performance at the office, and we don't have an office party either. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, that's never been even been a thing. Like I've never worked for a company that's had like an office Halloween party. No, I was. I went to a client today, and they had a, a lot of people dressed up, and everybody was dressed up, and Superman and Super Mario, and a lot of those things were walking around. So. I've never experienced that much enthusiasm at a company around Halloween, but they had candy all over the place, and it was uh, entertaining, which, uh, you know, I heard of one of the best couples costume this year for uh, Halloween. What was that? It was uh, Caitlyn and Bruce Jenner. I saw a post of that, and I thought that was really funny. It was quite entertaining. I thought that was worth mentioning as one Mm -hmm. of the better work like you know, clever ways of topical topical and hitting it you know i'm sure mm-hmm. that person works in advertising yeah 
I went to a Halloween party last year with a ton of people in advertising, and oh man, everyone had the story. And you know, one of them was Drake's, you know, newest song that came out, and she had like an umbrella, and like it was super detailed, and like. Mm -hmm. People were coming up and asking her if she was Mary Poppins, and she got so mad. <laughs> well, not everybody's put as much thought into you into this one there. No, no. It's very funny. I went as, uh, we were at a party on Saturday. I went as Vincent Vega, and my girl went as Mia Wallace from Pulp Fiction. Nice. Which is super easy. All I had to do was wear a black suit and then kind of grease my hair back. And um, I wanted to get the, the whole kind of gangster-like look thing going. And they needed some ice before the show, uh, before the party. And so I went out to the liquor store. And I picked up a six-pack of beer. And I was kind of working on my whole, like, uh, my whole demeanor. Mm -hmm. And the people in the liquor store were terrified of me. <laughs> because I had my hair all greased back. Kind of give him the stink eye. Yeah, and I was, you know, just kind of like doing the John Travolta thing. And um, my suit, you know, was kind of odd looking, but still black shirt, or excuse me, white shirt, black tie, you know, black pants and coats. And so very much like could this could just be the way that this guy looks all the time. Yeah, they couldn't really tell yeah. if you being serious or not. Mm-hmm. Like they, it would have been the same thing as that woman at the office. Like Adam looks really weird today. God, like, something's wrong with him. Yeah, and I was. Uh, they didn't have the bag of ice that the size that I wanted, so uh, I just I just bought the case of beer, and then as I was walking out, uh, I was just doing everything real slow. And as I get to the door, <laughs> the guy just goes, "You can just have the ice. You can just take one." <laughs> <laughs> So I reached in and grabbed a bag of ice and walked out. No, I didn't walk out. Yeah. Was, Ooh, that was close. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, I thought that was pretty comical. That is funny. Yeah. And our, our costume was pretty lackluster before uh, the woman who was hosting the party is, like, big into makeup. So she put the syringe in uh, my girlfriend's chest with oh nice that yeah, made a big difference blood then. and everything yeah so it was pretty real after that we were kicked our game up from like a six to a, an eight or a nine that was it's always nice to have a little, little details little bench like support that. someone yeah. coming up little six man stepping mm -hmm. in Hell yeah someone comes in hits a couple threes for you but yeah. you have a couple yeah. quick six points <clears throat> that one yeah. really helped what is the age at which you stop being eligible for I read, I read, Armpit hair? <laughs> I read that 13, 13 is was the age that uh, some parents had made like a, you know, they sent out something at school and said, you cannot, you cannot trick or treat if you're over 13, they hmm. won't give you any candy, which, you know, somebody like one of our friends who looks quite young could probably mm -hmm. still trick or treat today. Uh, he could be close. We won't yeah. say any names. No. The real. <clears throat> so, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the cutoff is. What the age is. I think it's if you have, if you, if you don't look like a, like a child anymore, you know, you start turning that edge of. Yeah. Your yeah. voice is close to squeaking. You're, yeah. I, people around you. are starting to think about getting boners. <laughs> <laughs> you 
gosh, that's such an odd age. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and then to get shunned on one of your favorite holidays has got to be a shot, you know, kidney shot for you. Because mm-hmm. I do remember those times of ripping your ripping out and starting to run around and just knock on doors and get candy knapsacks full of, full of shit. I don't know why I ran. It was like a race against the clock every oh, year. Yeah. You I come mean, drenched full in sweat. Bore, full bore <laughs> from house to the next. I don't like I, so I see these videos of like. Stranger Things is a good example. They show the group like casually walking away from a house. No, it was a sprint. It was a full dead sprint from house to house I every really, single time. I really remember that. It was a dead sprint. The year that we got away from our parents, yeah, that man. was like, oh my God, I'm going to get so much more candy now. <laughs> Just tear through the yards. <laughs> like running, jumping over, jumping the over it, that whatever was in the way. Yeah. Just, Walk up, trick or treat, and then just rip see it. See <laughs> Oh, there's a bowl. Perfect. Handful out of there. That's a very funny video of that woman from the South who just dumps the bowl of candy. Somebody has a camera at their home and they put a bowl out for thanks or excuse me for Halloween. And an older woman, something like 30s or 40s, just comes and fills up a bag from their house and walks away. And they catch it on camera and posted this video. It's kind of... Kind of fun to see, but uh, we have certainly digressed. Why don't you hit him with the takeaway message of our theme of being outside dog? So we've kind of touched on the subject, but I really think that we should over the next few weeks talk about or next few months talk about what it takes to be an outside dog. You know, we have all these different strategies. It's really taking ownership over your life and living to what you want to. Uh, I've been reading a ton about ownership and how do you take accountability and every decision that you know we make or we own you have or that you make you have to own uh, you if something is going wrong in your life most of the times you have the ability to change that and to figure out what's going wrong let's just say you're not you're not liking the girl that you're hanging out with well dump her or figure out what else is going on really take ownership and stop playing the victim I think you know as I've been working a lot i've been seeing this victimhood that becomes really popular and i think we get you know you probably can tell we get pissed off talking about social media and a lot Mm -hmm. of these things Mm -hmm. that are influencing this victimhood of stepping away from taking responsibility and so in the you know in the spirit of kind of being an outside dog i think taking accountability is a big step um in that right direction yeah also um not being complacent, you know, being very action oriented, like going out and just doing things. Uh, I was listening to a podcast today by, uh, it was a Tim Ferriss episode with the guy who started um, ESPN. I can't remember what his name is. I think it's Russell, Bill Mm -hmm. Russell or something like that. Um, But his, And I I always find it interesting when extremely successful guys are very matter of fact about how they got there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some people who tell really elaborate stories about, you know, this and that that happened. But he was, you know, Tim would ask him a question and he was like, so, you know, what did you what did you do? And he was just like, well, we just did things. And then when it didn't work out, we did other things. And then those worked out. And then when those didn't work out, we just did other things. And then those didn't work out, and so we tried new things. And he constantly was constantly just trying stuff. Pretty much, his whole message was just like, 
every time I confronted a roadblock, it just wasn't a big deal. I just did something about it. And then eventually we got around it and it wasn't a big deal. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a very, very matter of fact. And I think too, um, companies like Google are using AB testing a lot today. And that's basically running two different experiments at all times mm-hmm. of what, so like they, you know, you've probably heard of, they've, you know, tried 50 different shades of blue to see what the engagement are for some of those links. And they are trying different strategies of testing markets to say what works better. So they're constantly experimenting and trying to evolve their code through these AB tests, which are basically squaring two separate random populations off against each other and i think you know when i was hearing you talk about just trying things that's the mentality of just go out and see if it works and pitch it and if it doesn't work change it and you know if you have the ability to try different uh to do different you know quote unquote experiments that would be a great way to do it try different markets and see what works well and and then when things don't work out because they won't you know like failure is inevitable uh, it's just a part of any success and anybody will tell you that most people who succeeded actually failed the most mm-hmm. and um you know getting into it's very easy to discourage oneself or get into that victimhood mentality after those failures um, I think young people in particular like hold ourselves in some high regard for whatever reason so that I don't know I don't know if we can't take failure as good or if like we are not as equipped to manage the failure or the interpersonal struggle that is associated with failure I don't I don't, I don't know what it is but it's it's um, you know the quicker you can drop that whole phenomena and just like let go of the failure learn from it and do something different i think that's a, a big component of being an outside dog which is just exactly which just going out and basically experimenting being more fearless um inside dogs you know i mean it's pretty obvious what they do they hang out with their masters mm-hmm. they have to bark in order to be let out to go pee you know or i mean you know like they they just are kind of owned they're they're lap dogs. They're not. They're not out there on their own accord. Really. Everybody knows an inside dog. Yeah, you yeah. all know who they are. And their their bark is a lot stronger than their bite because the outside dog knows that if you actually bite, you're gonna get bitten back. Yeah. And the inside dog doesn't know mm-hmm. that you have to back it up sometimes. Yep. And you're gonna get some get slapped back in the face. You gotta mm-hmm. deal with that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good analogy of the bark and bite because we, we've got a lot of stuff going there mm-hmm. <clears throat> i know we talked about um your next quote of value add you want to you want to rock on that one yeah so uh actually i want to hit the some of the quotes that were sent to us one in particular um our uh our father is experiment quote unquote experimenting with the new delta sending why when wi-fi messaging so now on all delta flights and i've experienced this last week you get free Free, messaging free texting free texting so you can do facebook messaging whatsapp you can actually get some emails and they can pick it up so i love this one because it relates to a conversation that i actually had with my girlfriend last night Extraordinary minds do not seek validation from outside opinion or through the attainment of goals. Instead, they are truly at peace with themselves and the world around them. 
they live fearlessly, immune to criticism or praise, and fueled by their own inner happiness and self-love. In so many words, an outside dog. Outside dog. That's what it. That's what it <laughs> I think. Ours is a little dog. more poetic, you know. Outside dog. It's, yeah. But, it's, it's a little bit better marketing there. But you want to break that one down for us, quick, of what you were talking about last night, and yeah. So um, one of the fights that my girl and I occasionally get to uh, is around getting credit for. Um, the things the work that the work that she does and mm-hmm. at her particular place of employment she thinks the credit goes to people who may not be doing the lion's share of the work and she gets very frustrated by that and i have difficulty with it because i want to say like it actually doesn't matter this is out of your own. and she finally came to me and was like you know i realize it's just my own insecurity that i need that validation and i really I don't want to seek that, but it's something that I, I do. And um, so we had, we had a really great discussion, and I'm, I'm going to share that quote with her a little bit later because I think that speaks to this idea of having your own authentic sense of you know peace and, and direction where you're not looking outside for that validation. I mean, exactly. that's ultimately what it comes down to. For me exactly yeah that's like kind of living in the wild like an outside dog yeah you know where your food is and you're not going to listen to those dogs that are you know the inside dogs that are barking in their yep, fenced yep, off areas sure you're going out and you're going to get your meat and you know it may not work you may uh not do that but i think that's a really great way to think of it and uh, you know one thing i was when i was listening to you talk about that is She's going to have the experience to talk about that in her next job. And so to actually do, that's one thing that I think separates me and I figured out in my career is I've had a lot of those instances where people have taken credit for the work that I've done and have made tons of money off the work that I've done, yet I'm the one person that can always talk about it. And when I get with somebody that know, like that really understands the work, and really understands what needs to happen. They know I've done it before, mm-hmm. so that makes me extremely valuable in a lot more conversations. Which is definitely playing the long game yeah. and not the short game. And yeah. it took a while for me to, you know, work through a lot of those issues. Well, and, and to taken, let go, you know, and that exactly to let go. And um, usually, it takes some type of. It took me an event, what you know, a couple events that were pretty frustrating. Um, where I learned that that really didn't matter was the credit and what your boss thinks. Because mm-hmm. if you're getting a five to ten percent raise every year, like you know what, it's really perception management. And then you know if you really want to make money down the road, you're going to get much bigger raises at your your company when you launch on a few huge clients. Um, so there's just a lot of things that are in that learning of what is actually doing the work and doing the assignments and. You know, I always encourage a lot of people that I've worked with that are working for me now of like, go out and find as much work as possible, complete as many tasks and do as much work as you can, because that's the, that's what really what the value is, is doing the work. Um, well, and it's a, it's a constant reminder for myself to think about how do I, you know, continue to 
enjoy what I do and feel like I'm adequately compensated for it. Mm -hmm. And then also realize that the hard things, the suffering are really the things that will catapult you. And it's the complacency ultimately that is the biggest um, deterrent deterrent of success. Uh, You know, there's a lot of stories about people who have found, um, you know, even after moderate success or whatever, stay extremely humble and grind and do those things versus, you know, kind of resting on your laurels, which is what can be of risk if one is getting praise, you know, perhaps it's unwarranted, you know, the praise that you're getting, or even maybe it is warranted and it's something that causes you to turn, turn the gas down. And I guess our, our, um, message here is you know don't don't turn the gas down keep Keep it it going keep keep it going keep the fire up burning and in order to do that uh one of the people i work with always says add value and there's just been some shake up at our office and some individuals who didn't add a lot of value but like perceptually perceptually added value you know like in the meetings they talk not ever really say anything of substance, but just kind of talk and use a lot of words that would impress people and seem like they really knew what they're talking about. And boiling the ocean a lot. Boiling the ocean, making tangentially relevant statements. synergies between these things. Yeah, a lot of business speak, not a lot of tactics, not backed up with information or data. Or, and really the biggest one is just, just not, not germane. Not okay. germane to what we are trying to do or trying to accomplish. It's just clear that the statements are out of somebody else's self, um, you know, self-preservation or sex, self-exaltation, whatever you want to, self-aggrandization. And it's um, no value add to the business. And I, I think that's just kind of the way that it happens. You know, if you focus on adding value to the business, that's what your behavior will um, do. And if you focus on adding value to yourself in your career, um, I think that's what you'll do as well. I just don't think that that's long term actually the way to no, really build value. I think, uh, you know, we can kind of coin a new term. That's kind of gorilla ink. Yeah. Like you're gorillaing. You're just sitting there yeah. pounding your chest at a very low uh, intellectually level. Yeah. Like, so you're sitting there trying to bring everybody down and bring it into the ego game rather than staying up and continuing as an organization to move forward. Yeah. You're trying to be this one silverback that's getting all the credit. Yeah. And everybody else is trying to work together as a clan and accomplish a bigger, bigger goal. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, that's part of the issue with today insecurity is the ego gets to be such a part of work where you get these people that are so focused on promote self-promotion yeah and we constantly get this from different avenues so uh i think it's a really complicated equation to solve and the more you can identify those things in yourself the better about sporting events is i hate going and paying like 10 bucks for a beer you're like holy cow yeah you know it just is not like a comfortable place to hang out it's like well no all right maybe we'll be here for a couple hours but i don't really care enough about this sport that i'm going to hang out and 
spend a ton of money. Tons of money. It's just on, absurd. You know, it, it's it's just a revenue model that they've got going on. They've got you in a place where you can't go anywhere. I mean, we've definitely brought our own alcohol in before. Yeah, maybe that would the be the maybe that would be the way that, of the twins to like get viewership back up is to just knock the prices down for everything. You, you'd think that more people would come to the games if it were just more reasonable to be like an afternoon or something, you know? Exactly. And tickets are already dirt cheap, but the second that you walk into the stadium, it's like, you know, there goes fifty bucks. Yeah. So you just sniff the popcorn. And it's expensive yeah i don't know if you're out there listening paul molitor but we got words for you just you know yeah i know you're sitting at home listening to the rumpus room podcast i know you've been waiting for this one paul yeah, so I'm, what's up paul yeah nice to hear you <laughs> like, glad to have you listening You'll we probably, see you listening we got you i know you're We're listening tracking. out there I, I i know that the world series is going on right now so you're probably watching the game but you'll definitely catch this tomorrow morning then not yeah. fooling anybody with p molitor username <laughs> <laughs> okay i think we should wrap uh let's rock and roll um well thanks everybody for tuning in and we will catch you next week here in the lumpus room